money has an element of offense and it has an element of defense. So offense in the way that I like to think about it is how are you generating more money? How are you turning on new streams of income? How are you raising the numbers up on the scoreboard? You're listening to The Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Welcome back, Right Club Nation. We have another episode for you today. And our guest on our show today is Limor Markman. And we just had an awesome, awesome conversation with her, Sarah. This is the first time that you had met Limor. What did you think? Yeah, amazing. And we have so many things in common. I'm so excited. And we had a great interview. Excited to meet her in person as well. And she's going to be coming and speaking at a Right Club events on February 21st. So super excited to meet her in person and had a, an amazing conversation with her. I learned a lot and she's gotten tons of great insight. Yeah, I'm fortunate enough to call Limor a good friend of mine. I've known her, geez, it's coming on 10 years. And we talked a little bit about that and where we met in, you know, in one of those classes. But since then, she's really pushed myself to become a better person just through her own efforts and what she's done and what I've seen. So she is a real estate investor. She is a money expert. And now she's like the host of a, a national TV show that airs across Canada. It's the, the fortunate future. I was lucky to be a guest on the show. I get to talk to her to get to become a guest on her show as well too. So yeah, really cool background. She talked about that. You know, she worked in the banking industry and then I guess that's when I met her is when she started seeing those classes. And, you know, we always talk about, you know, different coaches and mentoring and programs and all those types of things. I know we've had some conversations about that, but it's really about what you do with that and, and what she was able to do with the education that she got and different learnings from different mentors. It really inspires me. So what a fantastic episode. So what was your biggest takeaway? I just love how she explains the offense and the defense when it comes to money and her explanation around it is just wonderful. So excited for you guys to hear that. And she's been involved in a lot of different strategies as well too, right? So I know from definitely from the rent-to-own side, we, we've crossed paths and we've talked. She's done some hard money lending, some private, some pre-foreclosure, some fixes and flips. Yeah, she's kind of done the whole gamut. And even she talked a little bit about on her show, she interviews people with cryptocurrency and just investing in general. So I love that full range of different topics. And now investing in the master license of, uh, of a franchise. Wow, yeah, like... Blew my mind, right? That's true. You know, I've never actually spoken to anybody else that had done that in the past. So it is a very, very cool concept that comes towards the end of our interview and uh, just really different. For sure. Very, uh, very unique interview. Very different take. She's been featured in all kinds of the Huffington Post, CTV, Global News, National Post. So for us to have her on the podcast and for her to be speaking at our event on uh, February 21st, which is a Thursday, is so awesome and so excited to bring her to, to the Right Club Nation, to, to our guests, to our listeners, and to share her experience. She's phenomenal. So uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Check us out on the website, rightclub.com. We have uh, the whole list of events listed up on there. We have an amazing lineup of speakers. Not only the speakers, but we have a really, really awesome group of people in those rooms. And that's our big draw. We try to get some really cool people, some interesting stuff. We don't want to bore you with presentations. We want to have a really cool buzz in the room and the Right Club Nation kind of uniting and getting together. So 
Absolutely. And that's the right club.com. It's R E I T E club.com. There you go. Right behind Alfonso, but we'll add that to the show notes as well. Really excited. So let's get on with our interview. Absolutely. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the right club podcast. So excited today to have on, on our podcast is Limor Markman. She's a real estate investor and money experts. And I've known Limor for almost 10 years that we've been kind of in the same circles. Welcome Limor. And thank you for joining Sarah and I. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, great. So uh, Alfonso said many, many great things about you. So I'm really excited to get to know you better on today's show. Yeah, thank you. And it's funny. I mean, Alfonso, you say we've known each other that long. I think we met in a student classroom when we were both rookies with big ambitions and dollar signs in our eyes. And a lot's happened since we've met. And here That's you guys right. are today. It's amazing. Both very, very successful real estate investors. That's right. And everybody talks about those five people or that group of people that you surround yourself with. It definitely rings true with somebody like Limor that you know, there's always that connection, always being able to call for an opinion, for a different view on things. There's always, and it's that person that pushes you just to be that <laughs> little bit better, just that little bit better. And definitely Limor. And I consider Sarah in that group as well too. So it's so cool that you guys are on the same podcast and I'm looking at both of you here today. So Limor, so for our guests, why don't you tell us a little bit about more about your background and you know, you're a money expert. So have you always loved money? Pretty much. Yes. I've always been fascinated with how money works. And it's funny because my earliest memory of money, I was about six or seven years old and my parents were giving me allowance on a regular basis. Like I think it was $2 at the time. And my dad would take me to the bank and I couldn't even reach the counter but he would pick me up and I would be the one who would talk to the teller and I would give her my little bit of money and she would stamp my little bank book. It was a pink one with a bunny on it. And I was so proud of this little bank book and I kept it in a drawer beside my bed and I checked on it all the time just to make sure it was still there. So I've always been really curious about how money works. And for me, when I graduated from university, of course, no surprise, I went right into the banking industry and spent a decade there. And what was most interesting marketing financial products is I really had a chance to learn how banks make money and consequently how customers make mistakes. And it's funny because I was holding informal workshops for anyone who would listen to me. My team knew at the end of the month, Friday morning, we'd have a forecast meeting for the business and Friday afternoon, Anyone who wanted to come and talk about their own portfolio or investing or all that kind of stuff could come in and we just have a little bit of a back and forth banter. So I was always really curious about it. And then, of course, I wanted to know about real estate because I had heard about this thing and my family wasn't into real estate at all. But I started reading some books and one day found myself in a three-day real estate investing seminar, which was a Robert Kiyosaki teaching. And I'm sure it's all your followers have read rich dad poor dad and literally i sat there for three days with my jaw on the ground being like holy crap why is nobody ever taught this to me like if this is possible like why is no one talk to me about it i'm like i i love money how come i don't know about this so that weekend i invested significantly in myself over twenty thousand dollars and i signed up for every single class that i possibly could of course, with a mentor, because I literally at that point had bought my own condo. And I always tell the story that I signed a million documents, have no idea what they signed. And somehow I ended up with a box in the Toronto skyline. 
But after I took those classes, I just got started. And my goal was just to have some more choices to generate a little bit of passive income. I thought, oh, yeah, maybe I'll retire in my 50s. When I have kids, my maternity leave would definitely be a little bit easier or more financially supported if I had some real estate. And so that was my intention when I got started. But as soon as I did my first deal and I got my first taste, uh, I was on fire. I was unstoppable. And then within two and a half years, was able to leave my corporate job with real estate funding my life. And that was really exciting. And it left me wondering, what's next? What am I going to do to be able to take this to another level? And that's really when I had a massive dream. And I'll be honest, when I first came up with this, I was paralyzed. I didn't tell anybody for at least three months, but I thought, I want to be a financial icon. I want to be like a younger, hotter Canadian version of a Susie Orman. And, uh, and, and I was like, okay, but I knew nothing about branding. I knew nothing about YouTube. I knew nothing about emails. I knew nothing about any of that stuff. But I had a massive vision and I've been working on that for the last few years. And it's pretty cool that I get to host my own national television show. So, you know, Susie, I love you, but move on over. <laughs> uh, yes. That's, am that's amazing. And one of the things that I tell a lot of people when they're like, how did you learn all of this stuff? And unfortunately, we don't learn money. We don't learn real estate. We don't learn any of the things that could help us retire early and really build our wealth unless we really take it into our own hands. And you mentioned something and, I, and I'm very passionate about, about this as well is the banks don't work for us. They work for themselves. And Unfortunately, a lot of people out there just rely on the banks and the, the bank's financial advisors to tell them what to do and how to manage their money, but it truly is not in that person's best interest. And they, they really play, uh, they play a game and unfortunately, they're a business. And in order to really set yourself apart, like unfortunately, where we are right now, and we possibly will still be like this in the next decade, is we really need to do our own research. We need to figure out what we need to do ourselves because unless we do that, we are going to be playing the hamster wheel. Absolutely. Nicely said, Sarah. And I always talk about the banking industry as male, pale, and stale. So that they're not, they're not, I mean, whether you're a gentleman or whether you're a lady, they're not speaking our language. They're coming to us with all kinds of crazy jargon that you have to try to decode. And then at the end of the day, they're, they're selling banking products, right? And I actually was working with a financial planner for many years before I got into real estate. And just like everybody else, I was hoping and praying for 5% return. And every six months, I'd go meet with this financial planner. And when I started in real estate, I had a deal that was thinking about 15% and another one making me about 20% return. And I like stormed into my financial planner's office. And I was like, Okay, Kenny, what is going on here? How is it that I have to sit and wait six months and hope that my money is growing when over here, my portfolio is at 15, 20% return a year? And he goes to me, Limor, you know, real estate is so risky. And that's when I realized that he's, his job is just to promote the products that he has access to. And I lovingly ended my relationship with him at that point in time. But I realized that exactly what you're saying, Sarah, if we want to achieve financial freedom, if we want to become the masters of our own destiny in our lives, money, as I always say, is life's greatest enabler. We have to educate ourselves and we have to learn to do things differently. So you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yes. And, and again, it's back to you know, how we originally met in those classrooms. 
and, and you touched on it is that once you see that different way, once you see another way, you can't unsee it, right? No. When no. you go back to work that Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, Thursday after that, and you see a different way, it's like a whole new world has been brought to you. And I feel so fortunate that we got that advice from people that have walked that path and done that before. And, and I know you're so passionate about that now, teaching people, showing people that there is another way. Hey, it's not for everybody, but maybe there's something that you can supplement or add into your own life that will that will add that benefit or like just maybe pay for an extra vacation a year or something like that or for kids school so so i guess you mentioned a few of those investments that you made after a year or two you were able to leave your job so how what were those investments and how did you get into uh, what type of strategy in real estate did you use yeah so i ended up getting into a whole bunch of strategies all together really quickly so i wasn't one of those investors who fell in love with, I don't know, buy, rent and hold. And I was doing the one after the next, after the next, I sort of was dabbling in a whole bunch of different strategies. So very quickly I got into rent to owns. I got into private lending because I had done exactly what society said and the banking industry said, put money in your RSPs. So I had a lot of money to be able to lend out. And then there were a couple of deals that I got into and I was really excited about. And as you guys know, sometimes deals morph and change. And so it was going to be a pre-foreclosure that I was working on, but then there wasn't enough money to close the deal. So we, we borrowed some hard money lending, put that together, and then things happened with the family. We changed it into a rent-to-own. And then I've had situations where I was buying a property and then something evolved in, in terms of the financials as we were doing our due diligence. And then it was no longer property worth holding. So, okay, we'll do a quick renovation and then will sell it. So I think I've kind of been at the table of, of the buffet table of real estate, I would say, which is maybe less common in the real estate world. I find a lot of people find a strategy, build systems and really master it. But it's been a little bit of a, a fun free for all over the last over the last years. Very cool. Do you have a favorite strategy? Definitely private lending because a couple of reasons. One, I mean, it's one of the most hands-off in my opinion. I don't have to qualify for mortgages because we're, we're way beyond my ability to do that. But it's also one of my favorite strategies to teach and work with my coaching clients because there's so many people who have great jobs and they've got money and they don't want to be full-time investors. They don't want to learn how to do a rent to own or tenant buyers or manage vacancies or manage a property management firm. And so it's the most hands-off, but it gives you a really, really strong return. So that's definitely my favorite. For people that are thinking like, what is private lending? Can you just explain a little bit in more detail what that entails? Yeah, absolutely. So private lending or private mortgages is essentially when you are the bank. You're doing exactly what the big banks are doing. So if you think about it, the big five Canadian banks, the biggest part of their business is mortgages. So they lend out their money against an asset, against a piece of collateral, and they're not responsible for the maintenance of the property. And every single month when you pay your mortgage, the banks make interest and they have nothing to do. But if you stop paying your mortgage, well, the bank is going to come at 
and take your property away from you. So most people don't realize that as private citizens, we get to do exactly the same thing that's the bread and butter of the entire banking industry. So whether that's cash that you have inside an RSP, a TFSA, or another registered account, we have the ability to lend the money from inside of our accounts to be registered against a property. So just like a bank, we're registered on title, and then we are generating interest. And I'll share that typically, uh, I would say that the type of returns is anywhere from around eight to 15% that you make per year. And the cool thing about this strategy, on top of the fact that once it's registered, like your hands off, you get to go back to living your amazing life, is that there aren't a lot of hidden fees. So you know that 5% that I was talking about that I was hoping and praying from my financial planner? Well, if I got 5% after fees, it was more like I only got three and a half. So with this strategy, if there's a situation where you've lent your money and you're making 10%, that's it, it's 10% clean. There's no hidden fees on top of that. So it's a great way for people to enter into real estate without needing to become full-time investors. Let me flip it around just for a second for our Right Club listeners. So if I'm somebody that's looking for private money and I'm trying to position my deal or market my deal or sell my deal to a private lender, what are the few things or the top three things that you look for in, in a real estate deal as a private lender? What should I be proposing to you? Yeah. So the number one element is just the property and the equity that's in that. So sometimes depending on what strategy the investor is doing, I find that the two strategies where they tend to come and ask for private money, the most is in renovations. So if you're going to do like a fix and flip because it's nice and easy and quick and you don't want to go through all of the challenges of trying to qualify for a traditional mortgage. But the one thing to make sure is that you're looking at what's the current loan to value rather than only the after repair loan to value. Because a lot of times an investor will say, okay, once I do the renovation, it's going to be worth an extra $100,000. And so in actuality, there's a lot of equity there for you as a lender. But as a lender, I need to protect myself in case something happens to you on day one. So if I give you the money and a week later something happens and I have to take over the property, the renovation isn't done. So I would say an important part is ensuring that maybe you're finding the funding for the renovation elsewhere. So maybe it's another hard money loan or something. So I would say the value of the property is one. And often with investors, it's common to do a blanket mortgage. So if you are, if you have multiple properties and you want to get private money, it's common to do it on multiple properties so that there's enough equity there for the for the lender themselves. And secondly, I would say just being really clear on how the lender is going to get their money back. And sometimes that's having multiple exit strategies because I want to lend my money with peace and with confidence. And the more you can say to me, here's exactly what's going to happen. Here's the timing. Here's option A, B, and C. The more secure I'm going to feel that my money is going to be able to be returned to me. So you've mentioned a lot of great things and personally, even for me, like I've got some RSPs that I was getting a company match for. And so it's free money. So of course I was going to put in as much as I can so I can get that percentage back. Anyways, long story short, company sold to another company. So now I have this money I can take out and invest. And now I'm looking at 
loaning it out. So for just a step-by-step, because I think there's two trust companies that you can move the money to, and there's a few things to consider. Can you briefly touch on that? Yeah, absolutely. So the two or three biggest companies that allow you to do these self-directed RSPs or as in your situation. And just so that you know, sometimes when you've had your RSPs match, the match portion gets put into an account that's called a Lira. And you can do this with your Lira account as well. So I know that with the Lira, like it's locked in, but you can engage in this strategy for sure. So the biggest ones are really Olympia Trust and Community Trust. So Olympia is out in Western Canada. Community Trust is in Ontario. And then another third one that pops up and some investors use is Canadian Western as well. So, I mean, the first thing would be to transfer your funds to one of those companies that facilitate this as a possibility. And then for you, I mean, you're working with typically mortgage brokers or a network of investors to bring you potential deals. And so if I am the lender in this situation, you're going to be lending your money. You want to make sure that there's enough equity in the property as well. You want to know how you're going to get the money back. You're going to want to know more about the borrower. And just so you realize, like the level of detail information that we get is the exact same when somebody applies for a mortgage at a traditional bank. And no situation is perfectly squeaky clean. And let's realize the people who need private mortgages, they're not bad people, they're not people with bad credit, they're not terrible real estate investors, we just no longer fit into the box, this increasingly small box that the banks say now you can qualify. And so you're going to have to evaluate and as an investor, you want to know like, what's the worst case scenario, right? So if for some reason, they aren't able to pay you back, or something happens in the deal, and it goes a little bit sideways, Is the property in a place where you're comfortable what's happening there economically? Is it in a place where you can rent it out? Can you wholesale it? Can you renovate it? So it was one of Stephen Covey's habits of highly effective people is begin with the end in mind. And even though you may be surprised to hear this, that with traditional mortgages, less than 1%, actually the latest stat that I saw is 0.23 of a percent of mortgages default. So the default rate is really, really, really low because nobody wants to lose their home, right? That's where their kids are. This is their whole life. And so people work really, really hard to make sure that they can pay these mortgages back. But we do want to make sure that we're prepared because if something happens, you want to make sure that you are protected and you can sleep at night. And the other thing to consider is what province are you doing it? Because the foreclosure policies are very different in different provinces. So for example, in Ontario here, we have power of sale and power of sale is really quick, like two, three months, 90 days, and you can take the property back. In some provinces like Alberta and British Columbia, where we have the judicial system of foreclosure, it could take 12 to 18 months. So you want to reflect that in your decision making. Awesome. And there's so many different rules and you can make your own deal and you're like become your own bank where you set the terms. So it reminds me almost of like a game, right? Where you're making the rules, you have the money and there's that old saying, no, he or she who has the gold makes the rules. So maybe I've heard you say this before too. So I'm kind of leading you in that way. So how is money a game and are there always winners and losers in this game or how does that apply? Yeah, I mean, I like to think as money is a game. First of all, as a money expert, I think so many people 
think of money as hard and challenging and confusing and a struggle. And when you're playing, you're having fun, you're using your imagination, you're creative, you're in a really great space. But I think the majority of society doesn't think of money as fun. I mean, I do, and hopefully you guys do, yeah. and the other people listening <laughs> to the podcast do. But money really can be fun. And I think of it as a game because in any sports game, for example, and for your sports fans out here, you're going to love this analogy, is that money has an element of offense and it has an element of defense. So offense, in the way that I like to think about it, is how are you generating more money? How are you turning on new streams of income? How are you raising the numbers up on the scoreboard? And that can be through real estate strategies. It could be multiple streams of income. It can be your clients. You can get more clients. You can raise the rate. You could just be working in a traditional job and get a raise and you're increasing your offense. So I think it's really important if you want to win at the game of money, you got to like up the ante on the, on the offensive side. But equally important, if you have an amazing offense and your defense absolutely sucks, you're still not going to win, right? So on the defensive side, I really think of it as who's taking money from you? Where is your money going? What's your spending like? Do you have any debt? And when I talk about debt, I'm talking about consumer debt. I'm not talking about mortgages that enable your offense, right? So what kind of tax support do you have? Do you have an accountant who's ensuring that the tax man isn't taking any more money than they absolutely need to have? So you got to have the offensive side and you got to have the defensive side. And with defense, we tend to sort of think like, oh, it's the people who don't make a lot of money who have struggles with the defensive side. But it's actually not necessarily the case because there's a lot of people out there who make amazing money, but then they need to have an amazing house, an amazing car, an amazing cottage, amazing private school education for all their kids. And I'm not knocking any of those things, but the more you expect that your standard of living has got to be really high to match your stature or who you are, I, I basically meet a lot of people who you would look at them and you're like, wow, what do you mean? Like they're, they're upside down with their finances. You look at them and they look like the Joneses or the millionaires on the block. But if you, if you peel back what's actually happening, the defensive side is really, really important. And then on top of that, you've got the coach and what's happening on the playing field. And the coach is really like, what's happening in your mind? What are you saying to yourself? Are you telling yourself that you're worthy, you're capable, you have the Midas touch, you can figure something out that you've never done before, or are you doubting yourself? And all of that together, it creates what I like to think of as the playful game of money. So Alfonso, you asked, are there always winners and always losers? I believe everyone has a chance to be a winner in the game of money, but you've got to show up, you've got to go to practice, you've got to learn from your coach, the people who have gone before you, you've got to have the right equipment to be able to to win but i think it's it's definitely possible for anybody who's willing to truly engage that's fantastic and a key part that i want to add to that as well too is you got to be with the right team too right so you got to have the right people on your team you can't all have all offensive players you can't have all defensive players you need a good mix and a good balance of and as well as uh, as well good coaching uh, as well too so yeah, hands, right <laughs> So the other thing I would say is even though 
I love money and I was a young kid and I was like, one day I'm going to have money, but it's not about the money only, right? It's about how you can change your life and what you can do with it. So for me, it's about freedom and money is a way to create freedom by creating those income streams and, and real estate is part of it. And there's other parts of it as well, but it's about what it allows you to do with your life because I'm a big believer. You've got the one life to live and you've got to enjoy it and, and do what you want, when you want, where you want as soon as possible. And so if you can create those income streams and you can understand the game of money, because it is a game and you can create a whole different life and it doesn't have to take 30 years to do it. I've done it in five years, <laughs> literally from working two jobs, making nothing to now being able to, to say I'm officially a millionaire in less than five years. And it's not impossible. Everybody out there can do it. But ultimately, it's about what that does for your life and what you want for your life to me. And that's, that's a really beautiful, I mean, you're a shining example of what's possible. So you should be really proud of you. And I'm really proud of what you've done because you've really spent time and energy to figure this out. And you're 100% right because when you win, you don't just win a bank account with a lot of zeros. When you win, I talk about three things that you win. You win your time, mm -hmm. choices, and you win freedom. So that's exactly, exactly what you're referring to. And I love that you've been sharing your journey because it's possible for anyone who really wants to apply themselves and learn and invest in themselves and put in the hard work because it doesn't happen overnight and you got to stretch and you got to grow, but it's totally possible. That's right. And that's what a big part of the Right Club Nation, the, the attendees at our events, the, the listeners to our podcast, we want to show that, that it is possible. It's not just these people on TV or these celebrities or all that kind of stuff, even though you are on TV and are a celebrity, but, uh, <laughs> but it is, it is those people that, you know, started from not knowing and then little by little. And even like, like Sarah was saying, it's not just about the money, all those things that you're gaining is experience as well too. So the second, third and fourth investment in whatever world of investing, whether it's real estate or other things that you're gaining that experience. So the second time, third time you're gaining that experience, it's making it better. It's making it easier. You're learning more from so many people that have walked that path that have done it beforehand. We're not reinventing the wheel here. This is something that's been going on for long before we were here. Right? So a little bit outside of the real estate world, what other forms of investing? Because you did talk about multiple streams of income, and I know that's a huge part of your life. Besides the real estate investing, what other investments do you, uh, do you get yourself involved in? Well, there's one that I actually wanted to share. Um, so I'm glad you asked that question, Alfonso, because it came to me because I learned the principles of real estate investing. So within the last year, I've actually gotten involved in owning shares in the master license of a franchise. So it sounds like a mouthful. So let me, let me explain. So most people, when you think about franchises, you think about, okay, I'm going to own a Tim Hortons or I'm going to own a McDonald's or something of that nature, like a bricks and mortar business. So you walk in and you're going to have inventory, you're going to have customer service, you're going to have employees, and essentially you're, you're buying yourself another job. And that's how franchises typically work. But in this last year, I've gotten exposed to owning shares in the master license. So the opportunity is such that rather than owning the actual individual store, the individual Tim Hortons, 
I'm now owning shares in the master license where the royalties that the franchise owners pay go up to the master license. And these things don't come up too, too often. Um, and it was the first that I heard of it earlier this year when an opportunity came to me. And the way that I thought about it and the reason why it made so much sense to me is because I thought, okay, in a buy, rent and hold, let's say it's like a commercial property or it's a multi-unit. Essentially, you have a lot of different units and you have a lot of different tenants. And every single month, they're responsible for paying the rent. And as the owner, you're now collecting the rent. And you've got property management and they take care of it for you. And so for me, I actually thought of this franchise opportunity as a multi-unit where there's lots of different franchises by different people. So it's almost like the tenants and every single month or every quarter, they pay their royalties up to the master license, which is like the rent that goes up to the owner of the property. And it allows me to be very hands-off. I am on the board because I did want to be involved with the quote unquote property management of it but it allows for a similar mindset or a similar strategy that I learned from real estate applied in the business world. And then there's a couple of tax advantages that come from owning a Canadian business because while I'm involved in it now, the goal is to sell it 10 years down the road. And you guys know when you sell a Canadian corporation, you have a once in a lifetime tax exemption of up to a million dollars. So it created a whole new opportunity. And if I hadn't been in real estate, I'd have been like, no, this makes no sense. Like, why would I want to do this? Well, I don't want to own a business. But in reality, the fundamentals and the principles that I learned from real estate have allowed me to open my eyes and evaluate different opportunities that have come my way with, with a new lens and, and new enthusiasm. So it's, it's something new and exciting that, that has recently been added to my portfolio. That is really, really interesting. So for those out there listening, how do they get involved in an opportunity like this? Well, I mean, they're welcome to reach out to me. It's not like all of a sudden there's tons of master licenses out and about, but Limor at Limor.money. My website is Limor.money with a name like Limor, L-I-M-O-R. I'm pretty easy to find. I'm able to have a YouTube channel with my own name that doesn't happen too often these days. So folks can always reach out. It's not like there's a specific institution, but it's something new and exciting. And I'm happy to share for anyone who wants to learn more. Amazing. So you also have a TV show. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, really, really exciting. It's called The Fortunate Future. And every week I get to interview three guests. One of them is on cryptocurrency. One of them is on real estate investing. And it's been a pleasure to have Alfonso on the show. He was a fantastic guest. He looks great on TV. He might need to have his own show one day. The only and time, it's the only time I've ever worn makeup. <laughs> And the third guest is around personal finance. So, you know, it airs on CHCH on Saturdays. And the, the episodes can also be viewed at thefortunatefuture.com. And it's been fun and exciting. And I had no idea how much work goes into a television show. <laughs> it looks well, very that, different than when you're just watching from your couch. Well, on that day that I came in and we filmed our, my segment, it was just such a whirlwind of, like, you had, I don't even know how many assistants, camera crews, and people we were hanging out in the green room. I felt like this was cool. And walking away from that, I was like, 
wow, I want to do this more often. This is really cool. But you were there for, I don't know how many days and hours on end. And, and just, you know what, that's the cool part is that you're able to now share your experiences with so many more people and, and having a TV show like that, touching so many lives where people wouldn't even think it was imaginable to not necessarily just quit their job, but to have that little bit of extra income for whatever that little goal is or that extra goal that they want to achieve every year. So kudos to you and, you know, the time and effort that you have to put through and into those types of things. But there's so many people benefit from that. Thank you. Well, it's, it's so funny. It's, it's just like any other journey on money or real estate. I mean, it was a dream that I had. And when I first started my YouTube channel, I hired some camera crew because I had no idea what I was doing. And if you go back and watch my early videos, which are still online, youtube.com forward slash Lee you'll see I'm awkward and uncomfortable and I have like funny arm movements and I'm reading scripts in the beginning. And by the time I got connected with the TV producer, I had well over 300 videos. And so there, it got a lot easier. It became a lot more natural. And so it's the same journey that all of us are on. Anything that you want to achieve, anything you want to master, whether that's real estate or money or something completely different, it's a journey of a million miles. And you got to start with that first step, no matter how awkward or uncomfortable you are when you're first getting started yeah nothing nothing replaces the work right nothing replaces the work you actually got to do it so exactly we can talk to you forever Lee more but i know you've got uh, speaking engagement so the next part is just a um, series of questions it's called our lightning round there's four questions every single guest gets the exact same questions and are you ready to play i'm ready let's do it so question number one, what is the best advice that you've ever received from another investor or at a networking event? The best advice, mm, probably just to be open-minded and that when you see a deal, try to look at it and see it not only at face value, but is there something slightly different that you can do to tweak it, to make it really work for you? Amazing. Awesome. All right. Question number two, what is your favorite real estate investing resource? Ooh, probably my power team. Everyone who I have in my phone on speed dial. That's good. That's a good answer. (laughs) Number three, what is one attribute that has made you most successful? Oh, I am resilient. No matter how many things seem to be falling apart or not working, I'm always focused on achieving the North Star goal and I'm never giving up. Amazing. Awesome. And I can definitely attest to that. You are resilient. So this question is kind of like a hypothetical. I know we're recording this on a Saturday morning, early morning, but around this question is just to get to know you a little bit better. So it's Sunday morning. It's either the winter, the summer, or you can choose to do anything in the world what are you doing on a Sunday morning? What am I doing on a Sunday morning? Hanging out with my boyfriend, probably his puppies around with us too. And we're just taking a little bit of downtime because we work really, really hard. I work really, really hard. And I think balance is really important. And it was not always a focus for me. Alfonso, you know a little bit about my story, especially as I was getting started. I had so much conviction about achieving my dreams that I didn't actually have enough balance in my life. So now Sundays are very much focused on a little bit of downtime, some healthy breakfast, maybe we'll go to the gym, but 
definitely it's time to unplug and not do any work. Well said. So Limor, I know you mentioned it, but for the audience, if they wanted to reach out to you, where could they go? Yeah, the easiest place is probably on my website, limor.money. And uh, there's a contact form. They can reach out there. I am all over social media. So Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, again, with a name like Limor, L-I-M-O-R. It is very easy to find. Amazing. Any final words of advice or anything else before we wrap up? Just that anyone can achieve winning the game of money to create the freedom and choices if they want to achieve it and they're willing to put in the hard work. There's amazing resources and clubs like your podcasts and your club and get out there, learn, and uh, it's the only way you're going to get to the places you really dream of. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. We're looking forward to meeting you in person when you're presenting in February. So thank you for your time. And I know you have to get going because you're speaking actually later today. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, you guys. I really appreciate you having me here. Thanks, Limor. Bye. Wow, that was amazing. I had so much fun. (laughs) Yeah, right? Blows your mind. What a uh, really interesting podcast. I've known her for such a long time, but the real cool part, my, my big takeaway that I took from that uh, podcast was, and you mentioned it to her during the show, was it's not necessarily what the money. It's just having money or a bigger bank account, more zeros in, in your bank account. But it's those three things that she mentioned was the time, the choices, and the freedom yeah. to do what you want to do, right? And we talk about that all the time. I know. I, I'm such a big proponent of that. I mean, time is a limited resource once you've used it that's it you're not getting it back money money can come and go and you can make money and it's funny because a lot of people that are investing or starting out they're like oh how do i get money and it's actually a lot easier than people think because there's a lot of private lenders like if you have a good deal you network enough the the money actually comes fairly easily and again like you definitely have to put yourself out there you have to get out there you got to build relationships but it's easier to find money. I would say even almost more than finding somebody that's going to hold a mortgage or other things. It's, it is really cool. And I like those three points because it's not just money, but it's the time and the choices and also the freedom because like, again, you have the one life and that's it. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked about it in the show is that you got to put the work in, you got to do it no matter what, whether you're becoming a carpenter or whether you're becoming a real estate investor and you're focusing in on one or a few strategies, you got to put the work in. Nothing replaces the time. You can read books, you can watch podcasts, you can listen to our show all you want, but you got to go and put the work in and actually do it and, and get those experiences. And when we asked her, what's her favorite strategy? And she said, private lending. I was like, yes, that's, I've dabbled in it just a little bit where, you know, we've, I've lent out some of my own money just on a deal. Haven't been involved on it you know obviously I, we're doing the rent to own side of things we have a complete control of visibility of every single step of the way but there's been a you know a few instances where here here here's an x couple hundred thousand dollars take it just give me more back and yeah it allows you for all that freedom i don't have to go and follow up and do all those things i love that doing that in my own business but if i can give that to somebody and they're managing it they're taking care of it, and they're proving to me how they're going to return it, you become the bank. And that's what we all want to be, right? We're all going to the banks for the money, but we want to become our own banks, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's about creating multiple streams of income, right? I mean, you've got your rent to own. I mean, you've got lots of rent to own. So I don't know if you calculate that as one stream or like a hundred streams, but let's just say that's the one stream of income. But 
lending your money is a whole other stream of income and there's all different ways and they say in order to, to be really wealthy and to become most millionaires will have more than one source of income if yeah, you and it depends on who you ask right it's like five seven ten streams of income right. Sure, right? Yeah. yeah and that's it you surround yourself with the right people that they're the expert in what they do you're the expert in what you do but you can kind of cross pollinate and and work it out and, and make those investments to, to get that return back. So yeah, what a, what an awesome podcast and so excited to introduce the two of you as well. There's a lot of similarities. You guys are both powerhouses in the, in this industry and what you guys are doing is showing other people how they can do it and, and saying, you know what, you have excuses. Well, listen to the excuses I have and you know what, throw those excuses aside because you can do it. It's putting in the effort, the work it's, it's what that goal is. It's not those extra zeros in that account. It's that extra time to go sit on that beach or hang out at that cottage or spend time with your family. That's what's going to get you to that goal, not an extra couple commas in your bank account, right? It helps, but yeah, that's what's going to keep pushing you, right? Absolutely. And I mean, you've got a great story as well. Like you were, you were a salesperson <laughs> back in the day. Now you're really doing this full time and able to live really well <laughs> and it's just incredible so you, you uh, you've done tremendous as well and you're also surrounding yourself with a great other successful people and so am i and i think that it speaks a lot about what we we strive for ourselves as well like we're the average of the five people that we hang out the most with and so you've got great five people i've got a great five people and hopefully you guys are listening to this you're going to be the average of your five closest friends and so what are they doing and are they helping you and, and helping you step up and becoming what you want to be? And Absolutely. Not- and, and even in uh, this is where we're approaching our two year anniversary with the right club. And now those people that I've met in just a short time, including yourself, Sarah, in the right club have become such an intricate part of my life where when I have that extra time, when I'm not grinding it out in, in the business and doing that, that's who I want to spend my time with is because how are they helping me? How am I helping them? How are we helping each other to achieve more, right? And, and I kind of, I have it on my desk here and it's like a, the short form is TWDM, right? Together we do more. So taking a different angle on things, talking out an idea and it, it, it brings the best out in all of us. So come out to the live events, keep listening to the podcast. People like Limor are there in person, real human beings. You can touch them, talk to them, communicate <laughs> with them, right? This isn't uh we're not going to have these places where it's unattainable people. These are people that we're going to have conversations. It's real people that are doing it. And they're going to share their experiences. Absolutely. Well, if you guys think that we deserve a rating, a review, please leave it on iTunes or Stitcher or any other platform that we have our podcast up and running and hopefully that we can get to meet you. So if you guys are at the right club and you found us through this podcast, come say hi, come and introduce yourself. We love to meet all of our nation listeners. Absolutely. Yeah. Meet somebody new and who knows where it can go and you get at least you get a really good story out of it. So yeah, we'll see you at a live event. Thanks so much for listening today and Right Club Nation. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.